1: Yeah, good evening. Welcome to the Big Red Bench. Busy, busy Saturday. Busy weekend of sport. Loads of stuff to chat about. We're looking ahead, of course, to a massive day in Semple Stadium tomorrow afternoon. We'll chat to Tomás Molcahy as we preview Cork versus Tip. It's a make-or-break game for the Rebels. It'll define their season. It could lead to great things. It could be the end of the road. We'll look ahead to that game with Tomás Molcahy very shortly. We also reflect on... Probably a disappointing night for Cork City last night at Turner's Cross. They drew one all with Wexford. Uh, we'll hear from Colin Healy, the Cork City manager, on that game very shortly as well. We also look ahead to a big night for Munster tonight. They're taking on Leinster in the United Rugby Championship up at the Aviva Stadium at 7.15. We hear from Munster coach Johan van Gran ahead of that game. We've also got ladies football. We're talking hockey and plenty more between now and 7.00. Yeah, good evening. Welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock as we wrap up um, and preview. <laughs> look ahead to some stuff happening as well because a lot of the sport happening this weekend hasn't happened yet and it will happen uh, this evening and tomorrow and so on. Uh, we look ahead, as I said, to that Cork game. Big, big game for the Rebels. It's make or break, really. Tomás Mulcahy reckons, chatting to him off air a little while ago, the Cork can get the win tomorrow up in Semple Stadium, they can beat Tip, and you never know, you know, you never know what could happen after that, the way the Championship could pan out, could the unbelievable happen and could Cork get back to another All-Ireland final or are we getting ahead of ourselves now even talking like that um, we'll have to see how they get on against Tip tomorrow but certainly on the back of a great win against Waterford last weekend down in Walsh Park hopefully they can take some of that momentum into the game in Semple Stadium tomorrow afternoon it's a 4pm throw-in up there we'll chat to Tomás Mulcahy ahead of that match um, and of course Waterford taking on Clare at the same time tomorrow so RT are broadcasting both of those games uh, on RT1 and RT2 simultaneously and um, And it's going to be very exciting. Hopefully, we can get a Rebel victory up in Assemble Stadium tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Elsewhere then, uh, Cork City in action last night. Myself and Rory were both down in Turner's Cross for what wasn't the best performance, which actually was probably one of Cork City's lesser performances at home in Turner's Cross this season. A one-all draw against Wexford. Galway got a 3-0 win against that loan. It means Galway go ahead of Cork City now at the top of the table, but... They play each other up in Galway next week. Now, nothing to panic about. Loads of time. It's only halfway through the season. But it's a game City will be hoping to win next week up in Galway. Myself and Rory will be chatting about that game and reflecting on last night's draw with Wexford as well very, very shortly. And we'll hear from Cork City manager Colin Healy. I was chatting to him in Turner's Cross last night after the match and he was a bit frustrated. He was a bit disappointed, but he knows City needs to drive on. And they're very much in the hunt for that automatic top spot to win the first division title and get back to where Cork City belong in the elite league of League of Ireland football, the Premier Division. That's where City should be. That's where we hope City are next season and hopefully they can do us without having to go through the playoffs, and hopefully they can get the top spot, but a lot will come down to that game against Galway next week, and obviously as the season pans out beyond that as well. So we'll hear from Colin Healy and chat to Roar about that a little bit later. Uh, and van Gran, as I mentioned, we'll hear from him as well, ahead of Munster and Leinster tonight up in the Aviva Stadium. That's getting underway in just over an hour's time. And uh, Jerry McCarthy was at the under-14 uh, ladies football final today. Cork and Kerry, some more on that coming up a little bit later on as well. But uh, let's wrap up some of what's going on today and what's happened today and so on too. Uh, football-wise, first of all, and Sunderland, they are celebrating promotion to the Championship. They had a 2-0 win in their League 1 playoff final against Wickham this afternoon. Goals in each half from Elliot Embleton and Ross Stewart secured Alex Neil's team the victory at Wembley. And it's the first time now Sunderland have been in the second tier in the Championship since their relegation in 2018. And they join Rotherham and Wigan in going up from League 1. And you might remember like Sunderland had quite a fall from grace and they fell quite quickly when they got relegated from the Premier League as well. They went down to the championship, went down to League One and they've been in League One now for three or four seasons so high time that Sunderland made their way back up to the Championship and they'll hope they can do well in the Championship next season but a good win for them at Wembley today in the playoff final the League 1 playoff final and Rangers victorious this afternoon as well a 2-0 win for Rangers in the Scottish Cup final um, to make up for their disappointment I suppose during the week losing the Europa League final even though I think, uh, I think everyone here was pretty happy about that uh, but certainly um, they were beaten by Eintracht Frankfurt obviously in the, the penalty of the Europa League final, but they got the win today against Hearts after extra time, no need for penalties, and a 2-0 victory there, so Rangers are the Scottish Cup winners for 2022. We uh, really like the football, the important football is all taking place tomorrow, it is the final day of the Premier League, we are very, very much looking forward, to. I can't wait for the final day of the Premier League tomorrow, some big, big games, uh, none more so than the ones involving, obviously, Man City and Liverpool. Now the big question is, Can Steven Gerrard finally win a league for Liverpool? And can he do it as the Aston Villa manager? Can he do Liverpool a massive favour? Because if Liverpool beat Wolves in their match tomorrow, and if Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa manage to get anything, be it a draw or a win against Man City, however unlikely that may sound, then Liverpool will be champions. And they'll have done it with a little bit of help from Steven Gerrard. Uh, But it's kind of catch-22 if you're a Man United fan like myself. Do you want Liverpool to win it? Do you want Man City to win it? Probably you'd have to say Man City just to win the title so Liverpool can't do the quadruple. Because they'd never hear at the end of it, would you? If Liverpool did the quadruple. Um, but yeah, it's all to play for tomorrow. Lots of games in the Premier League tomorrow. There's still a lot to play for in general, actually, obviously that fourth spot is still to play for as well Spurs in the driving seat for that now Uh, there is the uh, the last Europa League place will it be West Ham will it be Manchester United Um, who's going to get relegated is it going to be Burnley is it going to be Leeds Everton obviously safe after the other night a whole host of fixtures Everton um, securing their safety the other night probably makes it easier for Arsenal who they face tomorrow Um, then you've got Brentford up against Leeds Leeds have to get a have to get a result there really uh, to stay up um, it's looking like it's not, It's looking like Leeds are in big big trouble but uh, Burnley obviously in action tomorrow as well uh, West Ham take on Brighton if West Ham were to win there and United lost to Palace you would never know what could happen there with that Europa League place as well Burnley as we said uh, they're in that relegation battle as well they face Newcastle tomorrow Chelsea and Watford is a pretty meaningless game Chelsea are guaranteed third Watford are already relegated Palace and Manchester United. Manchester United hoping to finish off what's been a very, very disappointing season for United with a win at Sellers Park tomorrow. Leicester and Southampton means pretty much nothing to both of them as well. And Norwich and Spurs is a big game. If Spurs win there, it's simple. They will get the final Champions League place. If they were to lose that and Arsenal beat Everton, then Arsenal would get it. Um, so it's all to play for there as well. And obviously, it is Liverpool and Wolves at Anfield. And then at the Etihad, it's Manchester City, Manchester City and Aston Villa. So a crucial day in the Premier League tomorrow. We'll keep you up to date on, on that on Cork's Red FM. I'll be on air 2 to 6 tomorrow, keeping you up to date and all that as well. So looking forward to a, a big, big... uh climax at the Premier League tomorrow but now we are going to uh, turn our tensions away from football just for a few minutes and look at some of the other things going on today uh, golf as well of course third round of the US PGA Championship underway this evening Shane Lowry is out on the course level par there uh, that leaves him two over for the tournament 11 shots off the lead Seamus Power is off for his third round very shortly as well Rory McIlroy obviously best of the Irish he's back out at half seven on four under par uh, and American Will Zalatoris is leading there uh, elsewhere than Gaelic Games reigning champions Kilkenny will book a place in the Leinster hurling final if they can beat Wexford at Nolan Park this evening uh, they need a victory to have any chance of advancing in the All-Ireland Championship there uh, there's um, Galway as well they'll qualify for the provincial decider should they avoid defeat against Dublin at Salt Hill While well at need to beat Westmeath in order to avoid dropping into next year's Joe McDonough Cup and uh, all those games are underway now so we'll bring you results and the latest scores from them very very shortly too but uh, speaking of Gaelic Games we do want to Look ahead to the big one tomorrow. Cork and tip. We are hoping for a Cork victory. And I'm joined now by the legendary Tomás Mulcahy to preview that game. Tomás, how's it going? How are you getting on? Hi Colm, how are you? Great, actually. And uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow. There's loads of sport to look forward to this weekend, but it's a big, big one for Cork tomorrow. And like, I mean, it's it's all to play for really, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, look, it's in Cork's hands and nobody else's. So let everybody else take care of themselves. People will talk about Ennis and um, Clare and Waterford, but if Cork do the business in Turles, that's the most important thing. And uh, I think that's where all the focus has to be. Um, for all uh, uh, coming back up the road last Sunday from Waterford, there was a spring in everybody's step. There was a bit of enthusiasm there again. There was a bit of pride back in the Jersey for for all everybody, the team themselves, backroom team, the supporters. There was a bit of agro on the there was a bit of agro on the line and. Um, and a all bode well to get a performance like we did that we were craving for for such a long time. And um, now nothing is won, so we, we've got to go on the next step and we bring it to another level when we go to Torlitz tomorrow because we'll have to.
1: Absolutely, but that win last week was vital. I mean, it, it keeps Cork in in things. It it gives a bit of confidence again ahead of ahead of tomorrow's game. And it was a good good performance, wasn't it?
0: It was a very good performance from from goalkeeper. All I thought the backs were excellent. Um, they were nice I think. To a man, I don't know. We, we spoke maybe over the last couple of weeks about uh, every defender knowing where his opponent was on the field of play. That you have to have him in your pocket, you have to have a hold to the jersey or stand in the toe, but you must know where he is all the time. And that was the case, they didn't give uh, Waterford an inch. And uh, I thought that was a fantastic platform to build from. And then you, you, you went through to your midfield, and Dara Fiskibben was. Was was absolutely superb there in terms of he's making the runs um, from midfield and he was he was getting through the gaps at this stage right so and um, look, Seamus Heron, the forwards was 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 a revelation and um, Conor Lehan was was superb as well so it was a very very good team performance and that was the most important thing It wasn't just about an individual performing it was about the team and how they set up and we were a bit more direct we were when we got the ball from our half back line we delivered it much much quicker into am Conley, into Patrick. And um, like, um, the, the, I think one of the key things for me was Mark Coleman, even at wing back, he showed what a talent he is, throwing two balls over the bar from from, from, from the half-back line. He can, be, he can do this in every match that he plays in. And I think that's one of his key strengths. And it has, since he came on the team, given his opportunity, he can do the same as what Demar is doing below in, in, in Limerick. Making an account when you get a when you get ball in your hand and you take it towards midfield or over the bar. And, um, we got some terrific scores from long distance and it was a joy to watch.
1: A lot of talk as well about Tim O'Mahony coming on for Patrick Horgan last week and the impact he made. Yeah, he made a massive impact.
0: Absolutely, no doubt about that. And look, my understanding, as I said last part was that he'd been training with the team um, for two-week period at full forward. Mm. Um, so they were going to shake things, things up. Uh, obviously make changes in defence by bringing Jai's in at centre-back, which to be fair to represent him as well. I must give a mention because I thought it was excellent yeah. as well. I love the way he plays, I love the way he covered the ground and I think he was a he, he was a great player there back at number six in uh, in front of Robert Tony as well and I think the two of them in that in that kind of a platform three and six. We steadied the ship big time there, you know, and uh, he was a revelation. And then as you say to Melanie command in crucial period of time, the second half when the game was intermittent part, and he's a big, strong, raging lad and like High ball going in didn't make any difference. To him. He was able to, to knock it down, pick it up, and he was he was laying off ball as well, which was fantastic to see. And uh, I think the team got that just reward in the end. I think they were um, they were backed into a corner, no doubt. There was a lot of criticism going in to the management, and to the players, and um, they came out fighting and they showed us what what a good team they are, you know. Because you get to an All iron final, you get to a league final, you must be doing something right. The tweet to the system, the process. I think it, it, it went very, very well last weekend and hopefully tomorrow it's the same type of game plan, it's the same effort, the same commitment and uh, because we need it. Tipperer plays a very proud county and uh, they, feel they still have a chance to actually get that progress in
1: Munster. Absolutely. And I mean, you mentioned the criticism that the team was getting and Kieran Kingston and the management were getting before last week's game. Do you think they, they kind of had a point to prove, us, uh, And maybe even tomorrow they'll still have a point to prove? Look, uh,
0: I've been on that road before myself, got Wright, right. And, there's nobody. Anybody else needs to prove it. It's proving for themselves, you know, because they're the guys that are putting all the hard hours. They're the guys that are doing all the training over the winter months. They're the guys that are together collectively, twenty four seven. You know what they're going through as a modern day player. So for themselves, it was more important than anything else, right? Because um, I believe in that team. Being honest, which I think there's some serious, seriously hurlers there. They're serious speed. They're serious skill. But we needed to add a bit of physicality. We needed had to hit the ground running we need to take the game to our opponents and we needed to change a little bit of the process and where we're at and, and look we still go, we still went short with a few balls the last day it didn't work out we lost possession but by and large when we got it we ripped the deliver ball 50, 60, 70 yards into areas and I'm sure if we do that tomorrow in Turles it's going to suit us down to the ground as well you know and uh, hopefully we can do that and we can get over Tipperary, and God only knows then what will happen for the rest of the summer. So it's such a big match for Cork It's just incredible to, to, to think that we're going to hurl tomorrow today. We could be back in the race here
1: because that's the thing. Like if, if they go up there and get get the results tomorrow, anything could happen for the rest of the championship. Really, couldn't it? I mean, like it, it, it's as I said, it's, it's all to play for. <laughs> that's the beauty of it, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, you're dead right. I was saying that the beat during the week, you know, let Limerick and Clare now look after themselves in the months of final because look at look at look at the match that they had the last day, in and it'll be no different in months of final. Whoever comes into Leinster could be Kilkenny, could be Galway in the Leinster final. They're going to go at it very, very hard as well. And look, get over tomorrow, and we might have a we might have an easier match going into an All Ireland qualifying in preparation. And we've always said over the last two or three years, like the championship is kind of taking off when you get to All Ireland qualifying stage. Yeah. You know, that you're you're your, your the second half of the season in terms of a new competition, our quarter final, semi final final, right? So we we could go into that in a nice position. But let's wait, let's deliver tomorrow first. This is a huge match and as I said to you look, Tipperary they went to Waterford themselves, they were written off completely and they could they should have beaten Waterford down the West Park themselves. They had a great battle against Limerick in the Gate of Grounds, I think it was seven or eight minutes to go. There was nothing in that game. Um, maybe two late goals for them to make some the Sunday match in their favour so they are a pro country they won't want to give anything away to Cork tomorrow so we just can't go up and say oh this is an easy match and um, oh yeah we we we'll win it handy it has to be more intense than what we had last Sunday that's what we will
1: need and Tipperary will love playing at Semple Stadium obviously and they, they'll want to get a result against Cork in Semple Stadium but, but Cork like playing in Semple Stadium too they do yeah and look
0: Cork and Tipperary over the past number of years have always been bringing out the best of themselves, right? They love playing against each other. It's always a very open-style game, freestyle, hurling and stuff like that as well. And um, I see no different tomorrow, to be honest with you. Um, I said to you last Saturday, I think in in terms of the Waterford match, the most important thing for us is keep ourselves in the game the first 20-25 minutes. And we did that against Waterford. The game wasn't over like it was against Clare. Keep Keep ourselves in the game because... Over time, over the first period or the first quarter and stuff like that, right? The game starts opening up and there's a bit more space and like that's where we come into our that's where our strength is, that where we that's where we we like to see the likes of Seamus Harindon last day going down the centre, you know, Shane Kingston when he came on, going down the centre, is given, making those runs from midfield as well. It opens up but you have to you, know, you have to be still in the game at that stage. You can't be gone from yet, So I think that's the important message tomorrow there and um, second half coming I think we can take over Tip and I think we win
1: the match Good, I like the confidence Tomas and as we said, if they can win tomorrow drive it on, who knows what will happen for the rest of the summer it could be a good summer for Cork hurling yet and hopefully we're chatting loads about it for the rest of the summer after getting the win tomorrow, fingers crossed Tomas listen, thanks for chatting to us and enjoy the game You're welcome Colm, cheers, talk to you soon Thank you Talk to you soon Tomas and uh, yeah, 4pm throw in for Cork and Tip tomorrow in Semple Stadium and it's a 4 o'clock kickoff then as well in the the Premier League games and Liverpool and Liverpool and Man City games. So we need about three or four screens going on once in here tomorrow. But I'm sure we can manage that. What a day of sport. What an afternoon of sport it is going to be. Now we turn our attentions to football next. And Cork City, as I said, a one-all draw with Wexford last night in Turner's Cross. Not the ideal result for Cork City. A great goal from Kevin O'Connor gave Cork City the lead in the first half and then Wexford equalised with a scrappy equaliser, scrappy goal just at the beginning of the second half. is uh, going to be here. We'll chat to Rory in a few minutes about that game. He was doing the commentary last night. Both myself and Roar were down in Turner's Cross. And after the game, I was speaking to Cork City manager Colin Healy, who was a bit disappointed, a bit frustrated with the result. Colin, uh, frustrating night like this was here at Turnus
2: Cross? Yeah, no, it was, it was. Um, yeah, we um, we got a good goal through Kevin O'Connor. Um, we conceded um, a soft goal from our point of view. Um, we should have done better with the uh, with the corner. But um, you got to give credit for Wexford. They came down, um, they played well, they uh, moved the ball quickly and caused us problems. But um, it was just one of those games tonight. We weren't at it. And, you know, it's, um, it was a difficult night for us. Do you know, maybe a, maybe a point was um, a fair result. You predicted during the week that Wexford would be up first; that they're, they're a decent side. And, like, they came out of the block straight away at the start of the game. They, they looked well up for, from, from the off, really. No, they did. They did. Um, and we changed our system. Um, and um, we knew that they'd played a diamond. So we think. We'd, we'd Get them in wide areas, but we didn't look after the ball as good as I thought we would. Um, we get the goal from from wide area, Kevin getting in the back post, which is great, but we didn't do that enough. Um, we had some good chances, right in the first half. Kevin pulled off a great save uh, from Keats. But um, overall, in the first half, I thought we were poor. We changed the system to three five two, and in the second half, we were, we were we were better, but we were always, you know, it's. You know, we just didn't get a hold of the game, and it, was just, it just probably got away from us. I suppose the goal coming so soon into the the second half as well, so soon after half time, well, it was a bit of a blow. No, it was—it was a massive blow, and it's, um, yeah, it's—we um, were poor, as I said, we lost—we lost a runner there at the back, and obviously um, Davis Davis got one there at the back post, and he put it in. But it's—we um, need to be better there. we Need to be better there because we have—we have been very, very good. Um, just lately, we've been—we've um, been switching off on on, on defending corners, so um, we'll have to. Tighten that up. Well, listen, we got a big game against Galway next week, and we know that they're very, very good on set plays, and uh, we need to be, we need to be ready for that one. You're looking ahead to that game, no? Obviously,
1: tonight is out of the way, and I mean that's a, that's a really big game, probably even a bigger game after the way tonight went. because Galway won, and we got the draw here, so I mean it, it, it's 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 a, a game you have to go up and get something else. Yeah, that? no, it is,
2: it is, it is. It's, as I said, listen, Galway, Galway are flying at the moment. Um, it's a place, um, it's it's a tough place to go. Listen, they're a very, very good side, but as I said, we 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 go up there, we've got a very, very good squad. And we'll go and try and win the game. We went up there last year with a young with a young team and we got a very good result. Mm. But um, Saint Gall, we're a different team this year. They're um, they're a powerful side and uh, they're um, they're they're a good side. So we'll have to, we'll have to be ready for them. First time in quite a while. No, you're not sitting at the top of the league. Will will that play into the players' minds? Do you think? I don't think it will. I don't think it will. Um, listen, there's loads and loads of games left. Um, listen, it's just unfortunate tonight that we just did. We didn't perform. Um, probably, you know, we did no game again. Like we we played against Bray here last time, and we we were we were sloppy as well. So I, I don't know if it's, it's that point of view, but it, it, that shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't be the case. But we we, we, were, we weren't at it tonight, and um, listen, we didn't um, listen. We didn't get beaten. We got a point, but we we'll, um, we we'll look. We look forward to next week and um, hopefully that we can um, go go to Galway and go and get three points. I was going to ask you about that. Do you think the the week off kind of kills momentum? I mean, like he, he came back, he
1: like got the late win against that loan, and then you had the week off. And you mentioned like he came back a bit sluggish yeah, against Bray as well it's after it's the week off. I know every team will have it, but yeah, it kind of disrupts say. things, it's doesn't
2: it? It's hard to say. It, it does, yeah. But you, 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 you need to get on with it. Um, all the teams are in the same in the, in the same boat as us, like so. You need to get on with it. I just um, we were sloppy last time against Bray. We were sloppy again here tonight. But listen, you got to give. Uh, to Exeter as well they, they play some good football at times and they causes us problems but um, normally we are better we weren't tonight but hopefully um, come come Friday night against Galway that we'll be ready for them so word for Kevin O'Connor great strike with the goal no, it was a fantastic, fantastic strike, and we weren't in that um, during the week that we can get the ball out wide, where there's a space out wide. But we just didn't do that enough in the first half. Um, think Kev got a great technique, and it was a, it was a great finish. Big game next week, as we said, it's a long way to go, Tony. We're like we're only approaching the halfway point yeah, yeah. of the season, I suppose There's yeah. nothing really to get to get worried about. No, 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 not at all, not at all. It's a long way to go, and listen, we go we, we go up to Galway and um, we go and put on performance, and we go and get to three points, and it's um, we have the squad to do it, and um, I have no fear with the boys um, that they'll go up there and they'll put on a good performance. And listen, there'll be a massive crowd up there. We'll, we'll, we'll take our fans up there as well, and they will be they will be loud as they always are. And then it's one that it'll be um, it'll be it'll be a great game.
1: So that is Cork City manager Colin Healy sounding frustrated, probably a little bit disappointed with his team's performance last night in their draw with Wexford in Turner's Cross. And uh, it wasn't the best performance we've seen from City this season and uh, probably not ideal with the big game to come against Galway United next week as well because Galway had a 3-0 win against Athlone last night as well. Uh, we're going to chat now to the man who was on commentary, my old buddy Rory O'Hagan. He was doing commentary on LO, LOI TV last night. Roar, um, I suppose, as he said, uh, disappointing really for City last night.
3: Yeah, massively. Um, Colin, he was disappointed. I was disappointed. Um, so they were were, were poor last night. There's no, <clears throat> there's no, um, there's no other way of of, of describing it really. Um, Wexford were excellent. They were full value for their point. If they had taken all three, I don't think um, it would have been a a travesty by any stretch of the imagination because they played, they worked their socks off for ninety minutes. They had a, a game plan in mind at them set up and organised very, very well and they negated all of City's threats and they were very, very uh, threatening on their own. Um, they were brilliant last night and they deserve a massive amount of credit considering as well they were beaten by Galway United 4-0 in their previous game. And you're thinking, right? well, City have to get three points mm. against Wexford. So, But the way they performed last night, you were wondering which team was top of the table at some points because of the way Wexford moved the ball, um, the way they performed, the way they harried City down. Um, City didn't have any time on the ball whatsoever Um, especially in the opening half Wexford employed a very high press a very intense press and um, it was very very effective and City didn't know how to do that um, didn't know how to deal with it and I know I spoke to Colin afterwards and as did you and I just kind of said to him oh look it's one of those nights and he kind of shrugged and kind of agreed to me it yes. was one of those nights but it's it's two points dropped and it's really had the advantage now to Galway
1: column, hasn't it? It has and it makes next week's game all the bigger Cork City and Galway up in uh, dc Park in Galway next week next Friday night it's it's massive now it was, it was a big game regardless but it's become even bigger now because City are in a situation now where Galway all of a sudden have gone two points ahead where City had been top of the table either on points or goal difference for most of the season really and now all of a sudden Galway are two points ahead they're playing each other next week so you have a situation where City could win and they could go a point ahead again then it's very very close or if Galway win the gap becomes five points and then all of a sudden you're kind of getting a little bit worried and saying there's, there's a gap opening up so it's vital that City get at least a draw but ideally you win up there next week isn't it Or
3: Massive test of character Mel massive test of character um it's all about how they respond Colin he will have them on the training pitch all week and he'll get them fired up and ready but it's all about how they respond now and if they don't if, if he can't get a response out of this team going to Galway United the team that are top of the table the team that have overtaken you at the top of the table um, then there's something massively wrong um, I don't think there is anything massively wrong with Cork City I just think they haven't been performing um, very well uh, and even before last night I didn't think they were performing fantastically well either we saw um, I guess that, loan it took that Aaron Bolger wonder goal to, to get all three points, and in, in a game that City made very, very hard work of. Uh, before that, against um, Longford Town, um, even though City won 4 1, I thought City weren't great by any stretch of the imagination. They weren't great against Treaty United, still won 3 0 there. And, and they weren't great against Cove Ramblers, but got all three points. And I suppose that is the sign of a team, a good team, is that you can get those kind of results, get those wins when you're not playing well. It's when you are not playing well and you're not getting those results is that questions were going to be asked. And I suppose um, when you draw one all with Wexford uh, and put in a poor performance like that at home in front of your own fans, questions have to be answered. And uh, there was a couple of things last night, Colin. I mean, like City mm. started the game with a 4-3-3 formation, which they haven't really played all season. They yep. have been 3-5-2 all, all season. Uh, Ali Gilchrist in the middle. And uh, uh, King Coleman alongside him, along with uh, Kevin O'Connor, and that was fairly solid. And then usual wing backs and yeah. the midfield three were able to get on the ball a bit more, and the front two were causing wreck then, uh, up the other end of the pitch. And that changed last night, and City just looked very lethargic, mm. and the midfield was bypassed quite a bit. And um, Barry Coffey had probably his worst game for Cork City last night. I thought he was just anonymous for a lot of it, yeah. drifted out of the game, didn't see a lot of the ball. Um, it seemed just a bit lost in that formation. Matt Healy is a fine footballer, and he has such an eye for a pass. Unbelievable. But the way that um, Wexford closed him down, shut him down whenever he got on the ball, there was two players around him, and they they negated that threat from City, and it was it was excellent up front. Rory Keating was a bit of an isolated figure. I know it was four three three, but. It was more like a four-five-one basically. When whenever Slezman the ball, so whenever Keating got the ball, there was no one really around him. He had to hold up the ball an awful lot. He had a couple of good chances, especially uh, in the first half. He had a chance um, to make it 2 0 and didn't take it. Shot straight at the keeper. Uh, and then uh, Kane Murphy didn't have his best game by any stretch of imagination. Kane Baggery didn't have a good game. Not many Cork City players had good games last night. Um, to be perfectly honest about it, so Colin Healy has to get a reaction out of these players. You know, Cullum, how fired up John Coffey is going to have this team. Absolutely, He's going to have them coming out of the traps, just all guns blazing and ready to rip into this Cork City team. We've seen it firsthand many, many occasions whenever Dundalk came to town when Coffey's in charge of Cork City. And you know how fired up he's. He's going to have all of Galway fired up for this game. Uh, and there's going to be an electric atmosphere up there next week. Uh, it's meant to be seen how City uh, tackle that. Will they stick with that 4-3-3? I'd imagine he was testing out that 4-3-3 for next week against Galway United. Um, or will they go back to the 3-5-2 which they employed in the second half last night? Um, it's it, There's so many intriguing questions heading into this game and I cannot... Cannot wait for
1: it. be a great game uh, and there is, you mentioned John Caulfield and so on. I mean, nobody knows Cork City better than John Caulfield, I suppose, and nobody in, in the first division knows about being in a in a league title battle more than John Caulfield I suppose as well does that give them an advantage or because I mean any other season if Cork City were playing the way they've been playing in the first division getting the results they've been getting in the first division they'd be well clear at the top of the table but the fact that Galway are up there with them and the fact that you have two very very strong sides in the first division last or this year um, it's unusual and it's probably unlucky from Cork City's perspective and not ideal that only one of them can go up. It, it would probably be better if you had the top two spots uh, for automatic promotion. But it makes it all the more difficult, doesn't it? And, and does it give does it give Galway a little advantage? You think?
3: Yeah, it does. Yeah, um, I know we're saying no, that no, that we're second. It would be great for the the top two teams to go <laughs> to up on the. I was saying but, that all along. But, anyway, I, I no, I disagree. I think the playoffs fantastic for the first division, and I, I wouldn't want to, to see that go by any stretch of the imagination. Because if two teams tear away like Cork City and Galway United have, then the rest of the league has nothing to play for. Therefore, I think that the playoff is uh, a good idea. But look. Um, John Caulfield is a wily operator he's been around this league for 30 years he knows the score and he knows uh, how to get results as we've seen in his days uh, with Cork City um, you can argue that sometimes his football um, isn't the prettiest but it's certainly effective Brian Gartland certainly didn't think it was pretty uh, in his autobiography yeah, uh, that's just Sarah Graves ex- from
1: Dundalk doesn't it <laughs> I saw an excerpt from
3: that during the week where he was like the Cork City team of 2017 was boring and I was looking at him going Sean McGuire scored 105 goals in 3 games you are calling them boring
1: and Cork City won 21 of 22 of their opening games that season as well oh, yeah. so yeah, I don't it was know boring
3: yeah. It was, it was boring yeah boring yeah boring yeah they were tearing up trees there in every game they were not there's the revisionism there or something exactly. else, that's for that's for another day mm. uh, but John Caulfield um, he, you know like I think he kind of maybe got into the heads of a few people um, a couple of weeks ago when they'd be Ramblers and he came out and said that co are that cork city were the overwhelming favorites for the first division title mm. despite the fact that john Caulfield uh, and his Goba team you would assume have the biggest budget in the first division <laughs> he's coming out with cork city the overwhelming favorites it's it's uh, mind games one of one stuff it is isn't it it's wildly it's experience i suppose as well isn't it or Ah, uh, yeah, but you know, John Coffey's is a legend. Um, he, he's a character, and he knows yeah. how the how the media works. And he knows how to to get around people, and he knows how to, to get under people's skin. And I think that might have happened here a little bit, but um. Yeah, it's it's all set up, Colin. It's the biggest game of the season. If City lose, they're five points behind Galway United and left with a bit of mountain to climb for automatic promotion. And then you're looking at the playoffs, and that could go anywhere. If you face Wexford in the playoffs, um, <laughs> like, and, and based on the way they performed last night, then like you, you, you'd be worried. You know what I mean? Ideally, going up uh, first time uh, as champions would be the best because. Those playoffs, I wouldn't fancy them. And then playing off against uh, the, the ninth place uh, Premier Division, yeah, because you as have, well, you have be very, to win three
1: difficult. games essentially, don't you? You have a semi-final, you have a final, and then the winner of the final plays the the second bottom in the Premier Division. So it's it's a long slog yeah. to get through the playoffs. So you'd rather get up with the automatic promotion, obviously. But then at the same time, we're, I, I'm kind of thinking as we're talking and we're we're talking about next week's game almost like it's a title decider. But we're only halfway through the season. At the same time, in Cork City and Galway, have to play each other twice more after this. So obviously. You don't want a five-point gap opening up, but at the same time, there's a long, long way to go, isn't there?
3: Yeah, I just think psychologically it would be huge for Galway to open up that five-point gap given that City were um, clear um, all the way through pretty much most of the season. I think they, they, the gap week didn't help City by any stretch of imagination last week. Um, they looked very lethargic, a little bit rusty and a little bit unsure of themselves and a little bit of that I suppose could be down so to the formation that they employed last night. I you know they would have worked hard in, in training and but uh, if for a formation they weren't used to, it certainly looked like it at stages last night and they have this Galway game now next week and then it's the mid season break again yeah. after that so if you lose that game you've got two weeks to think about um, what went wrong and how you're going to rectify it for the next game and how you're going to get back in uh, to the tight race but as you mentioned you are quite right Con. it's only the halfway point of the season but it has the feelings and it has the makings of a season defining game you get a win up there it's a statement uh, you lose up there it's also a statement but a negative one and um, so there's a lot riding on next Friday's game and it is set up quite beautifully mm. and I cannot wait to watch it.
1: Sure is. And as we heard Colin Healy mentioned there a few minutes ago as well, Cork City did go up to Galway with probably a younger and probably, probably fair to say, an inferior team to what they have now last season. And they did win up in Galway last season. So hopefully they can go up there and do something similar next Friday night. It's going to be a big one. And they're hoping to bounce back from that draw with Wexford last week. Listen, Rora, thanks for chatting to us and enjoy the weekend, all right?
3: know,
1: oh, I can't, thank you. Nice one, Roar. Uh, right, we're going to take a break now and when we come back, we're talking rugby because Munster and Leinster in action at the Aviva Stadium tonight. United Rugby Championship. We'll hear from Johan van Gran in a few minutes here on The Big Red Bench.
3: The Big Red Bench. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday from 6
1: Yeah, welcome back to the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM It's Colin with you until 7 o'clock Busy weekend Loads going on Gaelic games to come before we finish up at 7 But now we turn our attentions to rugby and Munster back in action Obviously disappointing from Munster uh, on the European stage um, against Toulouse up in uh, their last visit to the Aviva Stadium and they're back in the Aviva Stadium where they had that um, <laughs> the, the rugby equivalent of a penalty shootout uh, a couple of weeks ago Go and now it's the United Rugby Championship against Leinster tonight. Seven fifteen is kick-off time there. And Munster coach Johan van Gran has been speaking to the media ahead of that match.
4: Oh look, well, I think we've got to focus only on this game. Uh, you know, we've got a, a week um, off next week, so uh, you know we're going to put out our, our best available side. And um, you now we've got to go to Dublin and, and play against the, the current champions in in the URC. So. You know, we'll we'll obviously want to play at Thurman Park for in a in a quarter final. So we've got to go and make sure that we perform and hopefully get the points to to put us in that position. Um, you know, in in terms of the other teams, you know, if if you don't get the points you might have to go to Belfast or you might have to go to to Cape Town or Durban or Pretoria, with much like uh, rather like to stay uh in, in Limerick. So what a what a good weekend for the URC to look forward to.
1: Leinster obviously one of the most professional club sides in the world. Um, But what do you expect their approach to this game to be? Do you think they will have one eye slightly on the Champions Cup? Look, I can't
4: speak on their behalf. All I'll say is they are they are not the URC champions for nothing. It's Munster versus Leinster in the Aviva. So, you know, we expect a a massive game and, um, you know, it'll be a a tightly contested encounter. And uh, you've just got to look at the performances. in the wording as much-changed teams. They were over the trial line in the last play of the game against the Sharks in Durban. And, uh, you know, they came up just short against the Stormers in Cape Town. So whatever team they select will be a tough encounter for us. And we're playing away in the Aviva on Saturday. you think overall that this season's competition has been a success? Yeah, I'd certainly like to think so. In terms of the URC, you're asking? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been brilliant. Uh, And I think the competition will just grow now. You know the South African teams coming up uh, at the at the start of the season, you know there was a perception that you know it's going to be kind of they're not going to add to it. And then uh, once all the Northern hemisphere sides needed to go down to the southern hemisphere, it was incredibly tough. and um, I think it's been brilliant. I think it's a different flavor to it. You've got a deal now with altitude, with winter, with summer. And um, you know, I think it's just generally good for the competition. I think it'll be excellent for Europe for next season. I don't think a lot of teams uh, from England and France have realised that you know they might have to go to Loftus next year on the weekend of the 16th of December, and uh, teams that have got to go to Durban in January in terms of the the heat um, and the humidity. I think uh, it's going to be brilliant going forward. Given the stage you are at the season now, how big would a win away
0: to Leinster be heading into the the knockout stages of the competition in terms
4: of morale, in terms of momentum and things like that? Well, look, in terms of morale and momentum, we're in a good place, Neil. Um, you know, we, we felt that we played really well against Toulouse. It was an excellent game of rugby and, you know, we had opportunities to win it in the 80, to win it in the 100. Uh, You know, some of the opportunities we used and and some we didn't. And, uh, you know, we got knocked out by virtue of a kick-out. So, morale and momentum is is certainly on a very positive side in in terms of of, uh, us as a club. Uh, You know, in terms of the game on the weekend, it's the last round of um, the league and it's big for all teams. Uh, What's at stake for us is... uh, if we can get enough points out of the weekend, then we'll have a home quarter final at, at Thurman Park and that's something that uh, we targeted at the start of the season and that's something we'd like to to do. Um, now we've got to still go to Dublin and do it, uh, which is no easy task.
5: Um, can I just ask, how is Ben Healy doing, obviously a tough tough occasion for a young guy, How's he been over the last couple of weeks?
4: No, he's good, um, he's, a, he's a true professional young guy. Um, most of the of the quality tens want the ball in in those situations. Uh, we had a good chat about it uh, straight after the game, on Saturday evening when when we all tra- travelled back. Uh, you know, with with Ben, with Joey, with Connor, uh, the guys that that were in that position, and um, you know, spoke about if if you look at the the footage, you know the. Uh, one kicker from each side kind of standing on their own, uh, you know, Connor and Dupont uh, standing in the middle of the pitch together and Ramos and Ben standing together and then on the other side Intermac and Joey, and, you know, they said it was a, a very unique experience. It's like all six of them went kind of through the same thing. So, look, that's that's part and parcel of, of being a goal kicker. Uh, they want the ball and uh, he certainly wants to play and certainly wants to get into those positions again. And, that's the only way uh, you learn and from us as a group. Uh, we win together and we lose together. So, you know, it was a, a very unique experience and we'll all be the better for it.
5: Yeah, I was just going to say that like it is like it's a tough experience, but it is the kind of experience that could make a young guy going forward.
4: Yeah, look, um, you you just have to look at, uh, you know, some of the things that were Netflix specifically from quality teams during uh, the time of lockdown and and kind of learn from them and then learn from other goal kickers specifically in in the game of rugby. A lot of guys have played and a lot of guys have missed. And, uh, you know, it's about wanting that that opportunity to kick it over. And uh, quality 10s, quality 9s, quality 15s, goal kickers certainly want that. Johan, you have the advantage perhaps of kicking off last at the weekend, all the other results will be in, albeit one only just before kickoff, that are relevant to you and that
1: clamour for anything from second to sixth place. Do you clutter your players' minds with relevant information in terms of what would be required for a top four, or top two finish, or do you just let the game
4: evolve before maybe sending on a message at some point? Oh look Jerry, from a, from a, let's call it a spectator point of view or an event point of view, it's certainly nice to build it up over the weekend. From our point of view, uh, we discussed it on on um, Monday. Our strategy won't change. Uh, it's uh it's a last round of the of the league. Uh, we need a win uh, every game we play to win. So you know we've got to go down to Dublin, put in a performance, and be good enough to get a win. Um, and in terms of of being guaranteed a home quarter final, if we win the game, we'll have a home quarter final. So. That's the only focus for us in terms of four tries, in terms of losing bonus points. Um, you know that that's not in our thinking. If we need to adjust in game, like every game we do, but that's not part of our thinking. We just treat it the same as uh, every week, and it's week forty-eight in our season, and uh, we're going to approach week forty-eight the exact same as we've approached the uh, the previous forty-seven. Okay, so um, Felipe Contepomi was up yesterday, and he ventured the opinion that he thinks Munster. Are playing better than they were when the two sides last met. Would you agree? And if so, why or in what ways? Yeah, I think um, you know. Firstly, we we've had some continuity, Jerry. Um, you know, we've had we've had multiple games together now as a squad. I think um, you know we he, you also learn, um, and I think we've we've made one or two adjustments um, specifically after that game. And then you know we we've had some momentum. We had the. Uh, uh, Call it the away loss to Exeter, which was half time the way we saw it in in that game, and then you know potentially our best performance of the season against Exeter at home in the 2016 win, then going to Ulster, um, you know, and then on to Cardiff, and then on the Toulouse game, which again from our side, you know, pretty gutting the fact that we didn't move forward, but in terms of momentum and in terms of the way we play, uh, obviously there's there's growth in us in each part of the game but as a collective we feel that we're playing pretty good rugby at this stage.
1: Monster boss Johan van Gran speaking ahead of the Munster and Leinster game tonight United Rugby Championship in the Aviva Stadium at quarter past seven uh, so kick off in that is just about half an hour away now we turn our attentions to Gaelic Games and it was under 14 action today heartbreak for Cork as they lost out to Kerry after extra time in the Platinum All-Ireland under 14 Championship final at Porky Ring today very very close Kerry 5-12 Cork 5-10 a high scoring game just two points in it in the end though and uh, Dermic McCarthy was down there for us he was chatting to uh, a disappointed Cork LGFA under 14 manager JJ DC after the game.
6: I am here with the Cork LGFA under 14 manager uh, JJ DC following the Rebels 5-12 to 510 after extra time All-Ireland under 14 final loss today in Park Ewing. Disappointment for Cork but JJ unbelievable pride at the way your team played not just today but throughout the whole year
7: Oh absolutely Joe you know look we're, we're gutted to lose the game but you know at the same time We've unearthed a few few super young footballers that will uh, no doubt go on to represent Cork at under-16 level and beyond. And uh, you know we're 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 very proud of, of of the way they conducted themselves and the effort they put in over the year. We can have no complaints about that. Just wasn't to be today.
6: And that's the thing. I'm not even going to ask you to try and summarise a game that was five twelve to five ten that ebbed and flowed. That looked like you did one, looked like you did lost, That you kept coming back, put that effort and keep coming back and on a fantastic pitch as well. You must, as I said, unbelievably proud your players but this bodes well for the future even though I know it doesn't feel like it right now maybe for some of them
7: no it doesn't feel like it at the moment for some of them but the world won't end here and they're super they're they're playing a nice nice style of football you know you know they 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 battled to stay in that match at times Um, we gained control of that game a couple of times but we couldn't keep control of it and in the end you know I suppose Kerry were probably better balanced than us on the day and and they took their goal chances. I know we were very unlucky. We hit the post four times, I think. And the credit to their goalie, she made eight saves as well. So you know that's the fine margins in a game like that. It went down to literally the last kick of the game. So you know, that's what, that's what happened in the Munster final, that's what we were expecting today and we just didn't didn't get over the line today and that's, that's all there is to it.
6: And just finally look, I, I know it's hard for you to appreciate it but the quality of football that both teams play, but specifically Cork as you said, the quality of moving the ball at pace, it was fantastic to watch, it was a fantastic spectacle and a great advert for ladies football, I know it won't feel like much right now but it does give you and the management team and the players hope going into next year and beyond.
7: Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely, the the quality they played there today was, was was fantastic um, you know the 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 difference in standard in today's game and to what both ourselves and the carry and as well were playing at the start of the year you know they've they've come on and come on uh, unbelievably well over the over the course of the season and look it's it's a disappointing end, but you know it's, it's there's a lot of positives to take out of it you know there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of girls will go back to their clubs better footballers than they came to us back in, in, in October-November and you know we're very proud of that, we're very proud of, of um, the contribution that, that we can make to, to those girls and their development as footballers and you know it's disappointing for them but playing in a big game like this will stand to them in years to come you know today was their, was their first All-Ireland final and I'm sure for a lot of those girls it won't be their last.
6: And look, it's been a fantastic journey. We've been covering you since the very beginning, since the trials. I can't believe it's back October, November, up to this point. It didn't end the way you would have wanted JJ. DC, but a fantastic season nonetheless. And thank you from everybody at the Big Red Bench. Thanks very much,
7: Chad.
1: Alright, that is uh, Jer McCarthy talking to the JJ DC the Cork LGFA under 14 manager uh, Heartbreak for Cork there they lost out 5-12 to 5-10 after extra time um, in that game Let's hear now from the um, Kerry under 14 LGFA manager chatting to Jer His name is Jer O'Sullivan
6: Jer, hearty congratulations That's a fantastic victory but a fantastic advert for not alone Kerry ladies football but Cork ladies football as well
8: 100% It was an amazing game An amazing game of football from Start to finish the score taking the combine- combination play by both Cork and ourselves like I'd say there was four games in it nearly Cork the- hit it one we hit it last we hit it one they hit it last and we just pipped it in the end and we know that they peppered our goals on a few occasions. We could have had goals, but as and I said it during the week, ladies football is probably the more pure game to watch and enjoy now than maybe some of the men's games, but that was an exhibition today by both teams. A pleasure to be involved in it, to be honest with you.
6: Very gracious of you. Um, did you learn an awful lot from the Munster
8: final? Because you, you should have won that day, perhaps. We probably felt we should have won that day, but then Cork's experience told Cork are a great team. They pipped it. We learned a lot from ourselves that day. I think we believed in ourselves after going home from Mallow that evening that we were as good enough we were good enough to possibly win in All Ireland and after I think the turning point came from us when we beat our man the third round robbing game above in Port Leash to get into the quarterfinal against Mayo. Otherwise we would have been facing Cork and I don't think we were ready for Cork at that stage, whereas as the quarterfinal and semi-final brought us on enough to feel we could challenge Cork here today.
1: That is Kerry LGFA under 14 manager Ger O'Sullivan chatting to Ger McCarthy uh, after the 512 to 510 win uh, for Kerry against Cork in that under 14 final today. Uh, Ger also briefly chatting to Kerry's under 14, uh, Jamie Lee O'Connor, who's the captain, and Emily O'Sullivan as well.
6: I am here with two members of the successful Kerry All Ireland under 14 Platinum Championship winning team Captain Jamie Lee O'Connor and Emily O'Sullivan. First of all, to you, Jamie Lee, congratulations. What a fantastic day, but. What a match. Five twelve to five ten after extra time. What was it like to play in?
5: Oh, geez, it was um, very rough now. I thought we'd lost a couple of times. When the ref blew the whistle, I was, like, gone. I thought we'd lost. I was near tears, but I'm so happy that we won, and I'm so proud that the girls never actually gave up. And we played a great match, and I'm very proud of everyone.
6: You would have played Cork in the Munster final, so you knew what was coming, but yeah. what a fantastic match. I mean, there was nothing in it, as you said. You looked like you'd been beaten, and you just kept coming back. You must be very proud of all the girls' effort on your panel.
5: Yeah, I am. They none of them gave up. Like, and I thought we were lost. We lost, but then a good few girls kicked something over the bar. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm so glad that we won today. And I couldn't have asked them to play any better.
6: Uh, Emily Freer, what, like what was it like to play in an all around final at Parky Ring in a stadium like this?
5: Um, it was absolutely unbelievable. It was something you've, any person dreams of their whole life. And especially to be playing with a group of girls who I'm so close with. it was amazing.
6: You've been together a long time and you've been through a lot this year, but to come out the right side of an all earn final must feel fantastic.
5: It feels amazing because we've grown so much as a team and I couldn't be happier.
6: And what about your management team? How good have they been to you this year?
5: They've been out of this world. Like I couldn't have asked from, any more from them. They've helped us so much.
6: And your teammates, have they all been nice and good to you? No fooling or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <be
5: mad>. Yeah.
6: <laughs> and just finally, we'll give the final word to you, Jamie Lee. This is a fantastic day for, for you, for your club and for your family. But what does it mean for Kerry, under 14s, going forward? Um, are you proud, are you proud things, are you? Uh, Sorry? He can
5: do the same. I'll answer
6: if you
5: want. <laughs> just,
6: just what does it mean to you personally to be the captain, to win this today? Oh,
5: I'm so proud of the girls and I wish I could, like... I don't know how to explain it but it's just a great honor and to like captain all the greatest girls on the team. It's just amazing.
1: Brilliant, uh, Emily O'Sullivan and Jamie Lee O'Connor of Kerry under-14 today. They beat Cork, uh, a very close battle, high-scoring game, five twelve to five fourteen in the Platinum All-Ireland under-14 championship final in Porky Ring. Nearly out of time before we finish up, just turning your attentions to hockey very quickly, and Munster Women's Masters Hockey chairperson Michelle O'Brien was speaking to Ger about Munster's fantastic successes at last weekend's Masters Hockey Interpros. They were held in Harlequins and Gary Duff.
6: Now, it is a real thrill to be joined on the line here on the big red bench uh, by a very special person here because this is Michelle O'Brien and she is the chairperson of the Munster Hockey Women's Masters. And uh, they had a, an interprovincial tournament that took place uh, last weekend at Gary Duff and Harlequins. And it involved five different age groups from over 35s, 40s, 45s, 50s, and 55s. And it was a full Masters Women's Interpro tournament. Um, it's a fantastic uh, idea and it's a fantastic to see that that many age groups and that many teams were involved and we're delighted to have Michelle on the line. How are you?
9: Not too bad, no, just recovering,
6: just about. I presume that's recovering from the exertions on the pitch and nothing that was happening off the pitch, Michelle, is that correct? Oh,
9: absolutely, absolutely, always. Everything that's on the pitch, now, a little bit beforehand, the organising, but on the pitch and just have to recover after three games, umpiring two games, playing in three games, in a weekend of two and a half days is, uh, wow. yeah, you must recover.
6: Very good. Now look, it sounds like there's an awful lot of organisation that goes into something like this, but for five different age groups and for interprovincials, um, it, it sounds like uh, from the reports that everything went off fantastically well and good news for Munster as well.
9: Absolutely. We were delighted. This is the first time that we have five different categories. Nor it has been three all along and this is the first year that they actually put five categories in. And um, we had 17 teams, 30 games. We had every one of them took off on time. There was nothing delayed, nothing, anything like that. I think we had one game that went five minutes over. <laughs> but went, well, we took off with that much, but the organization beforehand was unbelievable. We had a lovely committee, actually, there body, eight of us on the committee, and the work for, in hockey, actually, there were five, we divide up into five provinces. Not the four, we actually have five provinces. So when you're doing the interprovincial, there are five different provinces coming to it. So it kind of changes everything and working out timetables and it's all in leagues and point systems. And um, mm. you get your three points for winning, two for score draw, nil, or one for a um, nil all draw, and then you get nothing if you didn't, if you lost. So, um, lots y- of things to do.
6: Yeah, but it sounds like, and fair play to you and your committee for organising and running it so efficiently, and that that's what makes the tournament memorable for everybody involved in it. It's not an easy thing to do. Am I correct in saying the fifth province is the south-east?
9: Yes, it is. Okay. South-east, it, yeah. It's made up kind of, we say, from Waterford over and then up into Leinster. Oh. So um, Kilkenny... Um, Exford, Waterford, and um, a little bit of Dublin, they're all in the southeast area.
6: Brilliant stuff. And, like, from Munster's point of view, you won three of the five tournaments, is that correct?
9: Absolutely. And, I, and to be honest, now, I, this is the first time in Masters. Now, Masters is about 10 years old, roughly. Mm. Um, but the Interprovincials is maybe the last five, six years. Mm. The Interprovincials have come into it. Every year, there's new categories, new teams, everything. But Munster have never won. And into provincial at this level, in any of the Masters categories. And this year we actually won three of them. It's the unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Um, with they' 35s, first time ever. And they came out, they won the tournament. Um, our 40s ended up very close, but unfortunately didn't go over the line. Our 45s won, and our 50s won. We had nobody in the 55, so we, we completed in four categories and we won three of them.
6: Well that's fantastic and isn't it just a great endorsement of how popular, and I see it myself in our podcast every week after week with Graham Catchpole, the PRO, helping us out this year, both at club, yes. at interprovincial and international level. It has never been more popular across a wide age spectrum, Michelle, in Cork, and sp- now sp- especially in Munster. Oh, especially in Munster, and you just
9: said there about Cork, and I was thinking about it before we started talking. And in actual fact, I thought, and I'll put my hands up and I might as well say to everybody, I'm in the over 50s group. I'm a young one, but I'm in the (laughs) over 50s group. But in our team alone, we had players from every province of Munster. It's not a court-based. We had them from Waterford, Tip, Uh, oh sorry, left out Claire. Might Not Claire, sorry about that. (laughs) But we,
1: Uh, You can't leave out Claire. (laughs) That is Jeremy McCarthy chatting hockey with Michelle O'Brien. And that is where we finish on the Big Red Bench this evening. Big Red Bench back tomorrow evening with Rory from 6pm wrapping up. Uh, It'll be just in the aftermath of the court game against Tip. And of course, just in the aftermath as well of the big Premier League showdown. Man City, Liverpool, who are going to be champions for 2022? Well, we'll find out tomorrow. I'm live on air here right across the afternoon tomorrow, as per usual of a Sunday, 2pm to 6pm. I'll chat to you then. We'll keep you up to date on all those games as well. Uh, And on a busy, busy Sunday tomorrow here on Red FM. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, In the meantime, enjoy your Saturday night, whatever you're getting up to. And stand by for Stevie G. He's on the way.
9: The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.